everybody, and welcome back to the Coffee Club Podcast, episode 75. We got the full ensemble today and a very special guest. Everyone's back together, and we have a lot of stories to share. First off, I guess we'll start with our bean shout out. George, who do we have beans from today? Today, we have beans from just a beautiful part of the country, Amory, Wisconsin, from the uh, brother himself of Alicia Monson, Cole Monson. 4.30 miler as of recently, I believe. I was asked to uh, mention that. He's got us some beans from Amory River. From Amory. I don't know, like 20 people live in Amory? Probably. I don't know. <laughs> Half of them are the Monson clan. Yeah. <laughs> Probably everyone in Amory is related to the Monsons. That's what we've heard. So, yeah. thanks, so Cole. Thank you, Cole. We appreciate that a lot. And then also, Ollie has a special shout out, which we want to we not forget this because we got a nice message from him. In our DM, so yeah. When I was in Melbourne, he came up and he was very adamant to be shout out in in the podcast. Jonathan Neefling. So Jonathan Neefling, there's a shout out for you. Um, thanks for coming up and being a fan and, and coming to the Mori Plan Invitational. It's great to meet you, and uh, yeah, I'm glad to fulfill that request. <laughs> he he's only 14. Yeah, I didn't realize that people are that young listen to our podcast. It makes sense though. He sent a very funny message because he sent he sent a longer message saying. Hey, like I met Ollie at the Maori plant meet and he told me like he would give me a shout out. So I just wanted to send a message. And then under it, he just sends, I'm 14, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) You just want to make that clear, you know. Well, that was the one thing that kind of got me quite nervous was uh, meeting some fans. There's a lot of fans, which is amazing uh, at Melbourne. A lot of them were young kids, like young, like uh, probably 14 years and under. Uh, with their parents get taking photos and the kids and the parents are saying we love the coffee club podcast and I'm thinking in my head shit I've said some really <laughs> really uh, questionable things and I've sworn like quite a bit so yeah I'm hoping that maybe the parents are just chill with that but I, I, I kind of worry that yeah that maybe they're, they're like young kids that are now listening to our pod which I didn't realize um, maybe we should clean up the language a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, I'm a bit concerned. A bit concerned. It's I quite concerning. We're not having too much of an influence on them. Yeah, particularly with the language. But I guess they're Australian kids, so like they probably grow up from the age of six onwards knowing... They're distant to have yeah. the worst it's language. It's got to come from somewhere. <laughs> yeah. It may as well be us. It may as well be us. But, so a big welcome back to Ollie, back from Australia. He's his big trip down under. And then yeah. a very special guest on the show today, Mr. Jonas Reyes, our Swiss teammate. We have... So he's... Our only teammate, apart from Helena Beery, if you count her, that didn't go through the NCAA system. So it's kind of a bit of a... Because obviously if you go through the NCAA system, you're kind of shoved in the face of all these American fans and all that. But if you grow up in Switzerland, no offense, we don't pay much attention to what's happening over in Switzerland. So this is kind of, I hope, a big... Uh, yeah, welcome to everyone, to our beloved teammate, Jonas. Uh, do you want to give a little like intro to yourself? You've been on the team now for... Almost a year. Yeah, thanks a lot for inviting me to the podcast. Um, yeah, it's almost a year that I've joined the OAC. It was uh, in April, I think, the first time that I came over. And yeah, since then, like, uh, it's, a, it's, it's a pleasure to be an, a part of this team, like a huge privilege. And You can be honest, you don't have to be so nice to us. <laughs> That's oh, the come Swiss on. coming out. <laughs> exactly, like always diplomatic. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as then... <laughs> Camera is off, like, yeah, it sounds yeah. a bit different. No, like, <laughs> <laughs> tell us how you feel. Rate us out of 10. Since you've been on the team, because we did this with... Wait, is he rating us or the team? What do we do with Mario and Yared? Well, Yared rated us quite high, remember, and then it started going down. Yeah. And then Mario rated us quite low and it started going up. So, where do you rate us out of 10? <laughs> yeah, I was just saying, like, being, After on, years. being on the team, and you've it's, been here for a year, yeah. Like, your ideal situation is 10, and your not-so-ideal situation is 1. Where does OEC, um, the one that's based in Boulder, where does that kind of... <laughs> Thanks for doing. Yeah, just need clarification sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know which OEC you were yeah, talking about. Yeah, there's so. an OEC Europe always, one, I've always, been asked multiple times. Um, oh, so Jonas, he's on the Europe team. I was like... No, he's, he's been training with us for a year. Thank you very much. He's European. He's European. We have yeah. Europeans in our team. Yeah. Like, but they're part of the one that's based in Boulder, the original one. I mean, we are probably third, like Oceania, third <laughs> Europeans and the third Americans. Is that sound, yeah. sounds about right? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So I always yeah. see everyone. 
Yeah. yeah. I've noticed that he hasn't given us a number yet. Yeah, yeah. he's trying to avoid that. That's the space coming through here. No, like... The further it gets from Zurich, the, uh, the lower the number yeah. goes. <laughs> so, so out of 10, like ideal situation is 10, not so ideal is 1. How do you rate this OAC group and for you, for your training and... No, like I, I definitely wouldn't give it a ten. Yeah, so it's like, been that's that's awesome to hear. No, like, that's the answer I expected. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's no, it's like definitely the truth. Like, it's just like amazing to train with with all these guys. Like, how you call them, heavy hitters? Like, <laughs> heavy hitters. That's oh, an yeah. old. We haven't, we haven't said heavy hitters for a while. Yeah, yeah that's a throwback. It's a yeah. throwback. Morgan's heavy it's, hitters. Uh, definitely also a challenge if you come like into such a strong team, like to to cope with not not. A, only pressure but also like to to find your position in this team i guess it's also a challenge mm. what i wanted to mention here on this podcast like it's it always looks like oh yeah that's that's amazing you just can jump into this team and you will be amazing but i guess there are also challenges if you're if you're part of this team no i mean but it's, you, it's get, true. you get a 10 you get a 10 let's go boys we got a 10 the only 10 will ever be rated <laughs> and we'll take it we'll take it now so Jonas has been here for as I said, almost a year. Last year it was a challenging year because you had a couple of pretty legit injuries. Mm. She came back and finished the season with a couple of races. But then since that, you've been extremely healthy, trained very well through the fall and the winter, did some races over back in Switzerland. And now you've been back here in the US for, I'd say, about seven weeks. And yeah, you guys might have seen him. He raced at first the 5K in Boston with the rest of the boys, ran... 1310 the 10k which is on on saturday and i guess it's it's a very big i don't i know that you don't see yourself as a 10k runner you're a 5k runner but the 10k is a very big one just because you don't get to race too many of them so it's like you know you come here and you've done this training and this is how you finish your trip and then you head home to europe for a bit before coming back here for the the summer racing but yeah how are we feeling going into a 10k i know it's your debut. I don't know if you were... Did you choose to put this on the schedule or was it kind of more Ritz? And, or did it just make sense because you're like, all right, I'm part of the OAC 5K 10K boys and Joe is going for this 10K. And uh, myself, I was originally like, this would have been like the big race for me as well. So did you choose this or did it kind of just happen? Like my old coach always wanted to convince me to try 10K mm-hmm. and I never did. So shout out to Steve Vernon. Um, I'm finally going for it. And um, I guess it also shows like the, the priority of, of this 10K um, because we made the compromise and we are not running European indoors and we're going for this 10K. That shows like how much it like really matters to us like to run the sound running, the 10. I guess it's one of the best 10Ks. Um, don't, let Jesse, don't let Jesse hear that. <laughs> He's going to be... I All guess especially that. like for, for our group, I guess probably there's there is a faster faster race somewhere in the world, but like like we will have like I don't know if I'm already dropping here something, but Holy Horror will be the pacer and um, yes, exactly. I I'm this looking forward to getting there. back on a plane. And <laughs> <laughs> You've been a bowler for too long. Yeah, I've been bowling for, for twenty four yeah. hours, so it's like Dayton's like, You need to get out. Yeah. Gotta get out. Get him to California. Get him out. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just amazing to have a teammate um, from like this caliber to to go for six or seven Ks, and you just know you will have like consistent pace, and that makes a huge difference mm. to to run a fast ten K. Sure, that's 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 the key. That's yeah. the key for Joe, me, and uh, all the other all the guys. Everyone. Yeah, I feel like the ten K is one of those races where the mental game is much more <laughs> difficult. <laughs> I just like. I feel like in a mile of 1500, you'll be in a lot of pain and quick and things happen much, much more rapidly, but you're mentally able to kind of zone in for that amount of time. You know, it's like three, three minutes and 50 seconds or whatever. 
um, for a mile if you're at that level. But like, yeah, for a 10K, it's like 27 minutes. That's a mm-hmm. long time to be able to be mentally Thanks in. for that. Thanks for that, man. <laughs> well, probably, probably, probably like just <laughs> under. Probably like just under. Probably just under 27. But like, that's a long... That's my, why we go out, out so hard. <laughs> my as short as possible. My expression is a lot longer time. So, you know, having somebody to rely on pacing or having, having a reliable situation for a longer race, it just really does benefit you. Because once you know that the pace steps off, it's like, oh, okay, it's now time to maybe put more of that mental focus in. So it's nice to help out the team and yeah. particularly the boys, you know. You've got to help you know, you're yeah. for the boys. It, yeah. was, it was so funny when uh, back in October when we were sharing a program with Helen O'Beary. We were talking about the tanky and she was like, oh, yeah, it is very, very tough. It was very tough. And I was like, oh. If she's saying that, <laughs> and she's, like, she's if the you, best in the world. Yeah. If you're saying that, like, oh, yeah, I'm looking forward to do my first 10K now. <laughs> yeah, that's scary. No, it, it's crazy how how much emphasis can be put on, on one single 10K, but it also makes sense. But like, in the last few years, the number of 10Ks each year seems to have, like, just dwindled to, like, literally two or three. Mm-hmm. At the same time, the standard has just been put into, like, a ridiculous the stratosphere, stratosphere. <laughs> yeah. and so you do like the number of things that have to line up for everything to like you fall into place for one a good one to happen mm. means you have to just like yeah you have to put things on hold like european indoors and you know a whole altitude camp based around one race mm. and especially when i mean when they open the olympic like the olympic window if Joe is running or if I'm running the standard um, for like if you're on under 27 you already have the standard for the Olympics Paris 20, that's insane 2024 yeah. you, you wouldn't have to run another one spot if you there. didn't want to yeah, yeah. but it is so crazy that's why like yeah it's crazy how much emphasis put on it but also yeah. it makes sense yeah. to put it into perspective how hard the qualifier is now we would all have to run national records like yes. by, <laughs> by a, lot, by a lot, solid yeah. way to get yeah. under the qualifier. So when you look at it like that, it's like, wow, this is really just like madness. And the ranking for the 10K, 10K is two, just only two races. You know, for the 1500, you have to have five performances. 10K is only two. But again, as George said, it's like, there's no, apart from Worlds, which, yeah, you got to make that. Apart from that, there's just... So I don't get any points. Yeah. And, I guess you can and run only, the 10K on the road as well, right? You they can count as well. do that now, yes. So that that's my qu- I don't want to get into this whole thing. Yeah, sorry. But does one... Is it one road 10K or is it three road 10Ks? Oh, because of the cross-country bullshit. Yeah. Well, uh, no, you can actually just get the standard. Oh, so yeah. just you run one, the time just... But I think, the, yeah. I think the course has to be certified. It has oh, to yeah. be certified. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. So it can't be like a downhill... It's too bad. <laughs> at the back. It's too bad. Uh, <laughs> yeah. If you run twenty six fifty nine on the roads, you can you can go to the Olympics. Yeah. yeah. Wait, do you reckon that's going to be much more of an, an option for people? Because if you have like a super shoe that maybe performs better, like for, just for that kind of event, like one hundred percent. Yeah, I feel like so. being on the on like a, a track with spikes. Obviously, you can run really fast, but the recovery in your body plus getting into a rhythm and being in super shoes on the road, it's probably an easier option. Like if I'm looking at personally running a 10K, I want to get the standard. If I'm running a road 10K in the super shoes or a track 10K in spikes, I'd probably go the road 10K in the super shoes. I <laughs> probably would. The week that they go into the track, yeah. I honestly, <laughs> think, like, I honestly think the track's not a good idea. <laughs> yeah, but like how many 10Ks do you have? Like- no, but I agree with what you're saying. I think I don't yeah, think it's a direct comparison, but I think if you took... The road 10k list versus the track 10k list. I think the road one is a lot deeper around like that 27 yeah. minute. I'm going to be interested to see how that translates because I feel like so. you need it is valuable to run 10k in the track because there's tactics involved. You've got to be able to use to it mentally, physically, but it's an interesting option now having that 10k road. I think yeah. I would choose road too. Just the monotony of thinking of 25 laps sounds so Yeah, we should, right we should get into it too much because. <laughs> yeah. Well, luckily we have. Uh, Luckily, we have Ollie Pacey and we have the wisdom of Mike Smith, go to sleep, go to sleep, mm. playing through your ears. I think with that, you can achieve anything. But Plus some cheeky wave lights. Yeah. Wave cheeky lights wave definitely will yeah. help yeah, a lot. Nice. Helps yeah. just with the go to sleep. What's the chance that Jesse sits him up right this year, though? Pretty high, 50, I feel. 50-50? I feel like he'll, he'll put it up pretty... I feel like he'll, he'll, he'll nail it. Did we get a definitive answer as to what was wrong with him last time? A year Apparently, ago? they weren't ever set to... The standard, which just sounds sounds weird, because like George, when George and I were in the fifteen, the standard at that point was three thirty five flat. But when George and I finished, we were ahead of the lights, so it didn't make sense for our race because why would it be set at three thirty seven or six or whatever the hell it was set at? It doesn't make any sense. 
Um, and then Elise Cranny, like she was going for the American record, right? And she passed it near the end. Everyone thought she got it, but then they looked at the time. It's like mean, just a few seconds off. Like it yeah, wasn't, it wasn't oh, much. It was just a strange thing, but I think Jesse said that it was set at a different time that it was already agreed upon by Bauman. Oh yeah, I did um, hear that like Jerry wanted it to be slow because then he kind of thought she would go with it and then, then go keep, faster yeah, than it. Rather yeah. than, yeah. I think that's the plan for you guys, isn't it? I just hit the lights up a little behind the standard. I haven't. We should probably <laughs> to be honest. I've been back. I've been back in Boulder for twenty four hours, and Dathan <laughs> just booked my flight to LA. So I'm just, I'm still like figuring out what the plan is. But I'm guessing for me it'll be three thirty through five k, and then from five to seven k, um, winding it down. Thirteen thirty. Yeah, that's what that's twenty seven. Is that flat? Is that right? <laughs> The standard is twenty seven five. Yeah, that's yeah. what I know. Wait, it is. I thought it was twenty seven ten. It's twenty seventeen for Budapest. But yeah, Budapest. But for Paris, well, 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 Paris is twenty seven. You guys are going for that. I think the option is if they're going to have somebody pace the race, that they're thinking they're thinking Olympics more than. If you're going to run twenty seven O's, you may as well run. Because I think if you run, if you're running, if you're going through and you're, because it's going to be a decent amount of people straying out. If you're say if I go through in thirteen thirty, I'm sure that maybe middle of the pack would be like thirteen thirty five, which is not terrible. That's twenty seven ten pace. It's perfect. I'm, I'm guessing that's what their plan is. Mm. I'm just going to do what I'm told. Yeah. But so, I've heard there's also a second group going for 2730. Yeah, Owen Hacker, shout out, is running the 1500 and then coming back to pace. Whoa. <laughs> Gus, is, Gus is not happy about that. Um, no, yeah, but he's, I'm going he's, for uh, he's coming back to pace, the second group. Yeah, don't even think about that. Yet. I guess that's why you'd also run on the track, because if you wanted a track record. True. Thanks. That makes a little yeah. bit of sense. But I think Owen's pacing the second group. Um, Source is Alicia Monson and Ben Anching. I think Gus is seeing. Uh, I think he's seeing some demons. <laughs> I think it's demons there's a, outside. There's a squirrel on the on the tree, and he's not happy about it. But so, a little preview of this 10k from our group, along with Ollie Pacey and Jonas. We also have Joe in there, and then I guess we're also doing a similar thing on the women's side, mm-hmm. which is. Josette pacing Alicia, I believe. Oh, I thought Alicia was pacing. I believe that's confirmed. <laughs> no, she's pacing the last three k race. Yeah, she's pacing. She's pacing the last three k race. But on the yeah, men's side, do we know? Have they released a list of who else is racing? We know there's. It's a big heavy hitters type I scenario. Think Woody Kincaid is in it. Louise is in it. Mike Smith Louise. is in it. Mike Smith, the lead, is coming Mike down. Coming down. Okay, we have to change the name because I've gotten in trouble from this legally, legal terms. So we got to call it Mike Smith Collective. The Mike Smith Collective. The Mike Smith Collective. Like we never lot. called it Mike Smith Elite Team. I mean, no, but Mike Smith Elite sounds like a team. What if we called it like Mike... the insinuation of a okay, team? What they about... want to make sure it's clearly just, just like decided as a collective. So Mike Smith Collective. No, we go Mike Smith's Elites. Because then that's individuals. Yeah, but it's not see a that, team. if I keep saying that, I'm going to start just getting a lisp. Mike Smith's Collective of Elites. Elite. You want it to be as straightforward as possible. There's no room for... Uh... Can we just call it Mike Smith's Dark Sky? Yeah. <laughs> is there a flag star? True. So good. Uh, so, apart from them, who else is there? Do we have people from Europe coming over to race this? Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure, yeah. Um... McClough is in there, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he waits for the Olympics. He'll be there next year. It's just going to get this standard too early. This Paris. is way too early for him. To yeah, I was going to say, yeah, he's like two weeks for the Olympics, right? Yeah. McClough will pop out of the shadows. Yeah, I didn't mean to put all the pressure on you just to tell us he's racing because I don't know who's racing. No, it's a big, it's a, it's a 10K. Like it's, it's most of the guys you'd expect to Bauman? be in 10K. Yeah, what are you going to I don't know. I mean... I think Sean's entered. Yeah, McGordy... No... He's in. Is he entered? I yeah, think Joe might have mentioned. I think he is in, but yeah. Chill what about teardrop? So yeah. Can you do it all? <laughs> He's a probably you going to world record. Surely, <laughs> I mean, come on, you yeah. might as well. If we're going, if we're going that quick, I... Sam Atkin is also in. Yeah. Is he really? Yeah. Not pacing this time. He's actually racing. No, you might get you never know. He, he, he never only know. decides midway you through. But yeah, no, I mean, like, yeah, teardrop could be in there, or they could have like new gen just be pissed because I get in front of the camera. <laughs> Move over, I need to get a good shot of the team. Um, Are you going to pace in the coffee club shirt again? That was the highlight of the 10 last year. Wait, did you, was that the 10? It was. Yeah, yeah, that was the yeah, yellow shirt. I, I got right? in trouble for that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you, now he's got the singlet this year. So I do have the singlet. <laughs> coffee I club singlet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did that because it was a last minute thing. As, oh no, it wasn't a last minute thing, but Dathan kind of mentioned like, oh, maybe pace like a mile or two, depending on how you're feeling. Because I was kind of technically pacing the Dude, 15. Dude, they had four paces. Last year, yeah, they did. And do you have anyone? American record. Do you have anyone helping you this year? Or is it just uh, you? Not that I know of. Right. Maybe, probably. Maybe some for the fifteen hundred. <laughs> yeah, come back. Yeah, um, like, like you did. 
But yeah, I would I would wear the coffee club singer, but maybe I should I would let Owen know first to see if it's okay. It probably isn't. But <laughs> this is this is you letting him. This is you asking for permission. Right no, 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 no. I'll actually I'll actually like message him because like yeah. But well, it, it, would be cool. it was funny yeah, last year because you were just pacing a bunch of bowling guys. This time you're actually pacing your teammates. So yeah, it would make less sense. Yeah. No, it would. It would. Yeah. Would, but in general, I'm I'm looking forward to helping other boys and hopefully uh, Joe getting some more some more brownie points. Yeah. Crushing, which always so ready. Um, just the boys just are ready to go. To seeing, the boys are ready to go. Performing. You guys have been doing the 10k workouts in the indoor track. It's been I've been hearing about you guys crushing it. So that's the 10k, which is going to be such a huge one this week. And um, yeah, I guess that's a welcome welcome to the podcast, Jonas. And I hope everyone becomes a super fan of yours that isn't already. It. Appreciate it. Big yeah. honor. Big honor to be on the pod, finally. Jonas is one of our uh, <laughs> devout listeners as well. Yeah. So, first time, what do they say? Long time listener, first time caller. Yeah. Jonas right here. No, welcome in. And um, so the other big thing is we got Ollie back. Yeah. Took two weeks away from the show. Yeah. He had some business to attend to down under. I had business meetings. A lot of business meetings. A lot of business meetings. A lot of, a lot of media um, so let's do a little recap of the trip. We know that you were absolutely just—you didn't have. I think you had what one day off when in two weeks or something. Oh, like off running. Like off, like doing stuff. We uh, just got to chill. Uh, yeah, I had to. Yeah, one day. Yeah, one day because my mom's birthday. I had a day off. So you've been just like jam packed, and so we'll go through it. I think we'll go through. I mean, I don't know what the best. What's the, so you had World Cross, you had the OEC Oceania launch, and then you had the Mori plant meet, mm. and even before that you had Milrose in New York, so it was yeah. just a crazy trip. What's like your takeaway? I don't even know how to how to break that down. Um, self-loathing. Self-loathing. Uh, no, in general, like, I definitely, when I sat down with Ritz and I kind of formulated this plan because I knew how important it was to go home at this particular time to do these two races in particular, which was... The race, obviously, trying to win a medal um, at Worlds in cross country with a really good team, um, and then also the meet in Melbourne, like trying to get a big fan engagement in the sport because we really haven't had much of a big like crowd or big kind of emphasis on a track meet for a very long time. Um, so I wanted to be a part of that and contribute my part because I really haven't contributed much domestically in Australia. So uh, with all like the fortunate success I've had that was the idea and the plan so Tuesday though we left early because we were doing um, stuff with, with the on lightning team which was I mean always a valuable and exciting experience but from Tuesday onwards it was just media interviews because I was defending my title so it was media interviews this is, this is New, New York. York this is New York mm-hmm. yeah. so this was Tuesday um, got in the race was Saturday so Tuesday I had a lot of media stuff I was fortunate enough to do a little piece in the New York Times which was amazing um, I had my mum there, had a lot of stuff going on. So I'm, I'm like, just a, a lot of things going on in my head. Had the race. Um, I actually, I, I was disappointed in my race, but it was a good race. I thought I raced well, you know, um, outclassed, definitely. Uh, but very excited that like, just the way the team was performing was just incredible. So it was great to be a part of that. Pretty tired and I was like, okay, now time to reset, go to uh, Bathurst. Um, so I flew from the next day, I flew from New York to LA, six hour flight, and then LA to Sydney, uh, 15 hour flight. I get into Sydney, I have uh, a couple of calls and media stuff with the newspapers, and then the next day, um, I go straight to Bathurst, three hour drive, and then I'm on the campus there uh, at the um, university, which is near where the course is. The course was just crazy, like it was absolutely brutal. Um, it made the Austin course look like tame just the way the downhills were and the, the way the turns were and everything like that I was like wow this is just like completely out of left field for me because I'm not used to running <laughs> a Dathan Ritzenheim style of course yeah it was yeah. it was a shock I don't, I don't know if we ever mentioned this on the pod but when we went to Austin and like the day before the race we were doing our pre-meet oh, we yeah. were all like this course is terrible and Dathan just kept saying to us man I would have kicked your guys butt on this yeah. course <laughs> I would have been amazing I crushed him. Uh, <laughs> but, but he texted me something different than what he told you guys. So what I guess that was just a He, he said, he's, Dathan's eternal optimist, but I did, I pulled him aside before the Austin meet and he was like, he's like, yeah, if I knew the course was like this, I wouldn't have sent the team. Yeah. yeah. That's uh, I think he, he was pretty well, good at cross country. But he was amazing. <laughs> he was very good. He was a very good cross country runner. Um, so, but it was really so fun. Well deserved. But the co- was, yeah. yeah. The course was tough and then it was really, really hot. It was like 38 degrees, 37 degrees. It looks ridiculous. Um, 
and I mean, yeah, I had always family come out. There's always people from my old school. Like it was amazing. Like the fan engagement in Bathurst was incredible for a cross country race. Like it's just it was fantastic, um, and the relay was the first event, so we went off. Um, the downhills I struggled with, but the uphills and everything else I was I was pretty 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 good in. But didn't opt yeah. to jump over any of the tires. No, no <laughs> one did except for Emma Coburn was the only one out Fantastic. of everyone in in the race. Makes sense. Men, women under twenties. Well, just out. <laughs> yeah, the uphill tire jump is a. <laughs> yeah, it just it was an interesting feature. Um, yeah, I. It looked so hard. It was tough because I was I was also quite tired. Like I think I was a bit jet lagged, and I was just really really nervous and worried because. When you're competing for yourself, like it's on you, but when you're competing with a team, particularly all the expectations we had, I was quite nervous, but I think I performed really well. Um, just yeah. the, the Kenyans and the Ethiopians are just so good at running downhill. Like they're built for cross country and me and um, me and Stewie str- struggled a little bit with the downhills, but Jess ran amazing, Abby ran amazing. We got third, which was fantastic. Amazing. Um, you know, but I think that's the fourth ever medal Australia's won in cross country. Uh, at the world championships so really cool to be a part of got kids really engaged and excited i got amazing messages from family parents uh kids saying that they're staying in athletics because of what they've seen for stewie and for abby and for jess and myself so that's really you know it's a nice feeling because australia actually has a really good history with athletics but it just hasn't had that kind of kick start so that's when um i had a lot of meeting with them and then i had one day i was able to wait is it is it true that you gave someone your socks Yes, I. So they were asking for the glasses. They were asking for my uniform. But um, Athletics Australia only gives you one pair of everything. Yeah. And if you lose that pair, well, then it's kind of tough luck unless we can like unless it's a racing kit or something essential. So I didn't want to give anything away because I can't really get it back. Um, and the and the Oakley glasses as well. Like, um, I only had one pair there to race in, and I'm under contract with Oakley, so didn't want to give them away either. But the kids were like they just wanted anything. They couldn't take the shoes. Um, so that I, they gave me my socks, my used socks, sense. and I signed it. And the kid took photos of it. They must have been so like muddy and yeah, they were disgusting. <laughs> and then I cooled down without socks because I had no other pairs of socks. That's a good feeling. Kids though. were just asking for everything. Um, the fan, the fan engagement was amazing. It was just nuts. Um, and then the next day, I was supposed to fly uh, down to Melbourne to do media again because we just won a medal and they wanted to like kind of promote Murray Plant. But uh, my mum's birthday was happening, and I was able, fortunate enough to get my flight changed by Nick um, Badeau, who was organizing the Murray Plant meet, to come the next day at 7 a.m. So I had that day off, which was with my mom, my family, which was good. I got to see them a little bit. And then the next morning, I flew straight to Melbourne. Gus is having a massive snore right now. Gus is loving the story. Yeah, he's, <laughs> <laughs> he's heard all this he, shit he's, he's kind of pissed. Yeah, he's just like, yeah, you, you're going to leave me again. So who cares? Um, uh, sorry, it's a long story. Traveling on, but get to Melbourne. Um, a lot of media impressed. They asked me a lot of questions about just everything on the sport. With um, obviously the Peter Bowl situation, they asked me about that. They asked me about um, the stuff at Milrose, Bathurst. So a lot of media stuff. And then we had the launch, the OEC Oceania launch. And I tell you what, it's the best thing I've ever seen on produce. It was really well done. The, the launch was amazing. And to me, I feel like we should be very proud of that because I think we, as a team, as well as the Europe team, and We've like built up, you know, a great reputation for OAC that they've they've like learned how to promote and execute things and, and like it was amazing. It was a really well done job. They um, unleashed the team um, to the media. Uh, I had a little chat with Olivier, which was nice. My favorite um, thing was the all the comments about it because people people were loving it. Yeah. My, like the, my favorite was when's OAC Antarctica launching yeah. <laughs> I love that comment I actually screenshot that comment um, I sent it to the group chat I think. yeah like it's just yeah on kind of it looks like OAC we're taking, taking over taking, taking over yeah, we're taking, taking over. over you got a continent we're coming for you taking over the running community but um yeah still a lot of media I was on the radio I think it was Triple M was on uh, 7, 9, 10 I was on fortunate enough and then like just a lot of spew of interviews and stuff like that so it was all this happening the day before my race and at this point, I had traveled across the world. I had done indoor race, uh, cross-country race, and then now I have an outdoor mile. Um, so it was a lot going on. Um, but I was fortunate enough to kind of be able to kind of chill out during the day. And then the race happened. I was really, I was questioning how I was going to go really, like really badly. I was like, I don't think I'm You were feeling go. tired going into it? Yeah, I just didn't think I was going to be able to even like compete. I was pretty pretty cooked. Just just for, not from the tra- not from the travel or the, the running or anything like that. It's just the, I think the media the social battery was gone. And I, I knew I had to be there and turn up in because kids 
I got messages from kids, which is like in my position, just very fortunate where they've driven a couple of hours or they've they've been waiting so many years to watch me compete live, like in person, because I'm competing overseas all the time in Europe and America. So I, I knew how much that meant. And if I went to there and had a shit race, I just knew that that would suck for them because then next thing you know, I'm running maybe another race and it's better. And they go, oh, I wish I was there to, to watch. So I just wanted to really put in the best effort I could. I ran really well. I was really happy with my race. Um, it was a bit windy, but I felt pretty strong in the legs, which was a nice thing, but I was, yeah, very tired. Um, had a bit of fanning, uh, so many fans there. There was thousands of people there. It was really nice to, to meet everyone there and, and get autographs and pictures and stuff like that. And then I went back, uh, packed my bag, flew out 7 a.m. the next morning, back to my mum's school. I danced in front of assembly. Uh, I saw the videos of yeah, that. Yeah. What, it, how did that happen? How did, so for anyone who didn't see it, because you probably didn't because you have to follow Kate the Great on Instagram to see it, but she's a teacher at a teacher at a private girls' school in correct. Sydney, and at assembly on the stage, Ollie is leading a dance, and the whole school is like doing the dance yeah, with him. Pretty much, yeah. All these high school girls, <laughs> and it was, I didn't even know what was happening. It was was it like a TikTok dance? Like what was it? No. So what happens is they have a show, they call it showcase, and they have like talent that comes up. Like some girls will sing, some girls might perform tricks, or so they do stuff like that. And uh, my mom was bringing me in as a surprise because I had been to school before. I had talked. Uh, previously when I went to the Olympics and I, I came on stage I was a surprise so people were like yeah oh, it's, it's yeah, all right. the, so you can just say it like the girls were going freaking crazy they were going they were going <laughs> they were going a little cray cray and then and then they were saying oh they were asking me like what I was wearing and I was like I'm just wearing you know on shoes and, and they're like okay so that looks like you got some dancing stuff on and then I was supposed to dance so it's so kind like, of like a they setup. didn't tell me it was, it was, a, it was a, setup. a setup by your mom essentially. set up by my mom to dance and my mom thought it would be hilarious but then the girls actually were able to get my mum in on it so she had to come upstairs on the stage and dance as well with me which actually helped because I was terrified at that point um, and I was doing this I had limited hours of sleep I just you know done all this travel so like my social battery was gone so I'm just trying to like, do this like move my arm that's the funniest image you, you just like I was so, so tired. tired and then you're just like oh, I just gotta dance for these girls yeah. on stage I gotta put in my maximum effort how is this not going on no context yet uh, I was absolutely cooked well I mean the video I'm sure my mum will leak it but they have a video copy of it that I'm sure will be leaked yeah at some I might point. have it saved somewhere um, I went and spoke to Life Skills, Life Skills which is a group of Disabled girls, um, big anime fans, got to check out and hang out with them, get a photo, and then I met with the Year Ones who did some pictures of me at Commonwealth Games, and then yeah, spent some time with Mum when she was at school, and then I went back, packed my bag, and then flew back here, and then I had a five-hour delay in Los Angeles after my thirteen-hour flight in Sydney, so I waited around in Los Angeles, really just thinking, wow, this is uh, this is tough. Got back at six p.m. on Saturday. And Gus didn't even look at me, so no. Yeah, Gus. But, but I think he, I think he likes me now. But I think that's the first day where he'll like disown mm. me for a little bit because I left him. But in general, long, long story. I apologize for that. But that was kind of my two, uh, two weeks. Was it two weeks? That's a wild two weeks. <laughs> two weeks. Yeah. So I don't know. I wonder if anybody's ever done an indoor race, cross country race, and an outdoor race in the space of two weeks. Sam Tanner. Dude, Trey. Oh, yeah, Sam six weeks in a row. He's racing he again. He did Boston. Week. That was impressive. He's done Boston. No, New Zealand. Mile champs. So he did New Zealand, then Boston, then New York, then... World Cross. World Cross, then... Melbourne. Melbourne. Then New Zealand champs this weekend. Then New Zealand. It's not a competition. You guys are both crazy. <laughs> you're well, he, both he's both mental. <laughs> I honestly think... He's, he's, he's like an amazing traveler, though. Like, Sam... I met Sam in Melbourne after everything. Because uh, I, I saw him a little bit at Bathurst, but not really, because we're just kind of separated with the countries. But I met him in Melbourne, and he's just always got so much energy. So just much always energy. like, and it's he just incredible. always seems relaxed. And he was making fun of me because I looked like I was overweight um, when I was doing the interviews and stuff. He's like, "Oh, you look unfit." And I was like, "This is how I always, always look." This is uh, yes. See you guys. It's all right. You had him. You had him three for three though. So yeah, yeah. Milrose Cross and uh, and Melbourne. Yeah. He. Had, I feel like that race actually. Probably played out well for you being tired. Like on, you didn't have to absolutely go blast the first lap. Well, the, technically the, the pace, pace was so slow. Yeah, the he pace was like was... he looked so confident out in front, running like a sixty. But but it was honestly probably like a good yeah. thing for people that were just like had had most of you had raced like the week before. Yeah, like almost just like a warm up the first half and then and then wind it up. Definitely worked out better because like he was supposed to go out one fifty five and then when we took off the line. And I got behind him. He was just like, I was like, wow, it's just like walking, really slow. Yeah, because yeah, I'm so used to just going out. And I'm not, like, yeah, you know? exactly. So I mean, she might have like, he looked like a young kid. So he was a young know. kid, and he was don't very want to rip into it. Like, no, no, no. Yeah. I met him after the race. Like he was a bit. He thought he he did the right. He didn't realize that like 
I think it's just his first pacing job. He had no idea like how to handle it. It's not stuff. easy. It's I mean, I think it was fifty nine, so it wasn't like he was like. We miles went through one fifty nine, yeah, I think, or two minutes. At eight oh nine. I thought he was like fifty nine, fifty seven, or something. Whatever it was, whatever it was, it was an amazing race because it yeah, was. it wasn't it wasn't too quick, and then you just on that last four hundred, you just open it up and just like you were sprinting, sprinting. So that was a sick race to watch. We we really enjoyed that, and yeah, doing that at the end of those couple of weeks of madness because yeah, people. I mean, if you listen to this podcast, you probably realize this. We're incredibly lazy. Like we train. And then apart from training, we do everything we can to do nothing. So when you have a full schedule of media, it like surprisingly takes it out of you a lot. And I mean, I guess it makes sense. You can imagine how like when you're media, it's a different thing. Like this podcast is pretty relaxed. Mm. But when you're in like proper media and you have to really like kind of put it on a bit, like that stuff like is draining. So it really adds up when you have to do all that. So credit to you, Ollie. I don't know. We don't know how you do it. I was Wait. also about to say, like, when I have to do grocery in the afternoon, that's already exhausting. <laughs> no, honestly. It's like, you right, just see that, you, and, and, yeah, and you just see the result, but, yeah. like, what you did, like, in the last few weeks, that's just insane. Like, all the traveling, all the the, um, the media that you did, that's that's insane. I mean, it, as I said, like, in the end, you just see the result, and you probably feel like, oh, okay, yeah. Like, it's all right. chill. Yeah, that was, that's, that's all right, but, like, when you see, like, behind... Yeah, you know, what's going on? That's just yeah. impressive. Well, I do want to sh- shout out like Sam Tanner um, and Stewie and Abby and Jess because those like they were competing multiple times. Um, there are a lot of people there as well that competed multiple times, but I feel like particularly with this sport, like it's very hard. We always talk about it on the podcast, very hard sport to follow. But what they people brought to Melbourne, particularly like Stewie and. Abby and Jess and Tana and Rowan and Fred Curley. Fred Curley. Fred Curley, like particularly Fred Curley, he was unreal. He was such a, and he's a really nice bloke. And he's just, he's just amazing to watch. He's also really funny to talk to. Um, but just in general, like bringing that to the sport, particularly into Australia, it just it felt amazing. There was about, I think there was about five to six thousand people. It looked. It was sold out. There was a line out the door to get in amazing. during my race. Amazing. People didn't even see my race. It was just, it was amazing and. To have that in Australia, after all the talk about us trying to like promote, it just really, it just really satisfying to see. Um, so the hype is there, um, and I'm really thankful to everyone that was competing, participated uh, in volunteering, and as well as the fans that turned up. It was it was incredible, and at Bathurst too. So um, that was definitely all. Just it was worth it, and then some. It was really amazing. So thank you to everyone for that. It was awesome. Worthwhile trip, but 100 exhausted. So how are you planning on? Well, you're already traveling again this week. Yeah. And to LA, running yeah. 90% just like, of There's just like a, there's a little kicker at the end, and then you get to actually like <laughs> yeah. settle down. Well, how do you plan to get back to like Chile? Well, I haven't, I haven't actually confirmed yet, but I could be going back for the national still. I forgot about Fuck, that. I forgot oh, about let's, that. Let's not, let's <laughs> not think about it too much. Um, you're in Brisbane? Yeah, which means I wouldn't fly. I actually yeah. wouldn't do what Dathan would plan to do, which is like you turn up like seven days early, try and train a little bit, get used to it, and then go. I would probably fly in a couple of days before the race and just sleep. Um, and just maybe do like a bit of light running, like do most of my training here, go and just recover, 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 race, race, uh, fly home. So yeah. I still, that's still on the table. We're trying to figure out if it's a smart option to do because they can't, like I got to see my limit because if I go there and maybe run well, maybe not run well, but get back and I'm just like either injury or cooked, like that's my whole season gone. Um, so I've got to be smart about it. But for LA, you know, I, the, the biggest motivation I have is Giannis and, and Joe. It just it's easy for me because I can go there and go. I'm not running for myself. I'm running for them, and that is all the motivation I need to run six k, seven k. Appreciating. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. We're gonna find all these limit this season, guys. <laughs> <laughs> We're on a quest <laughs> to find the limit of what Ollie can do. How much can he travel and race in one year, in one season? I'm trying uh, to get that one k, bro. <laughs> you know, like my flying easy. and all that sort of stuff. From just even like the past two months, I'm like nowhere near, um, like even getting to gold. Not, you're not trying hard enough, then I guess. <laughs> nah. Let's let's do a, a couple more trips to Australia and back. Yeah. But no, I think that was a really nice, uh, nice recap of that. Just yeah. and how special it was. It was awesome. It was I really would, good. I would love to be racing back in Australia eventually. My dad was like so bummed out that I wasn't there racing because he knows how like 
you know for us yeah. down under cross country is like where you start and it's yeah. so special so it is despite all the tiring and all the extra stuff very awesome you like able to athletics do is in in good hands in australia at the moment yeah so it's very cool to see but yeah. the next the other one who just returned from a trip just yesterday just yesterday after racing one hour before it had to go to the airport was uh george beamish he had a sneaky little trip to boston we had we previewed it last week with josette and josette didn't end up racing because the it kind of was one of those races that just fell through with the pacing and the rest of the competition the mile so they were like oh let's just like stay here and train and get ready for the patient job she's doing but george had a great race lined up in uh, the mile there and he went and absolutely crushed it i'm sure all you guys saw it or have seen it by now 351 so close to new zealand record world's qualifier oceania record yeah. <laughs> and just i mean at the end of the day just an amazing time like you don't feel very good about that so i don't know where do we start man that was a. Uh, it was it was a suspiciously smooth travel on the way there like things were going like too well like we found you guys know how di is we found this like amazingly good park right at the front of the airport got through security in like two minutes wait who are you traveling with is she so me and robbie you and robbie robbie's wife uh decided not to come but just a boys trip just boys trip (laughs) boys trip and ritz got covid so just me and robbie and then as i'm walking up to scan my barcode for the to get on the plane it refreshes and like upgrades me like, oh my God. as I'm like pulling it out. It was, awesome. it was insane, dude. <laughs> and like, I like go to scan it and it was like, it was like glitching. And then it like upgrades me like as I'm getting on the plane, it was wild. That's nice. And then we get to Boston, like our flight lands an hour early, like How just a Boston? full hour early. The, the winds. Wow. <laughs> I don't know what was going on. And the then wind. they were making was, up for the hour that we lost on the way back from Boston the last time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean the way back. It all evens rough. out. <clears throat> everything was just like was way too smooth so smooth I was traveling I don't know how long it could last for but yeah Boston was um, classic brutal northeast winter weekend snowing during pre-meet um, and just like absolutely freezing but we got in late Friday and then yeah literally left from the airport I mean from the track to the airport so it was quick business trip very efficient and yeah also a funny race situation where like people didn't even i feel like you couldn't tell the race existed even like two days before like it wasn't like advertising there was no like because it's not on the bu website because it's not a bu race no heat sheets like there were barely entries like we didn't even really know they said we're gonna have to pay 12 dollars to do pre-meet at bu because like because bu wasn't put it on we were just gonna have to like rent the facility it was wow. like 12 dollars to do strides <laughs> split, split like, damn, these are some expensive strides fortunately we didn't have to we just walked in and the girl was like chill with it but that was kind of funny yeah and then um and then, yeah as you saw i was in we were in heat too that was Robbie my question why did why did that happen explain, you explain, I mean, I, explain that yeah i honestly have no clue but mostly i think it was ritz and andy just scheming so ritz was this was andy's assistant coach volunteer assistant a few years ago and i think they're bros still and so they were in like we were kind of providing a pacer for those like the washington kids million 25 uh <laughs> u-dub sub four milers and so andy was like trying to organize a pacer for them and we were just kind of providing it and and like organizing it together and it seemed like um it was like the Nike guys wanted to do something different or something. I honestly don't know well, because it wasn't like the 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 heats were seated. Like apart from Cooper's three fifty PR, obviously, like the rest of the, the couple of guys, like they breakout rate, like Lalo ran amazing, Henry ran really well. But like it didn't really look like an A and a B heat. It was just like separate. And I don't even know how they sorted them out. Yeah, that's I honestly what. Don't that's that's what confused me because you could tell yeah it wasn't actually seated but then i guess it was just like the two opposing storylines because then the other one was yeah cupertia wanted to run very fast because he's run last year him and Cole ran what 350 350 and the year before they ran 350 or 351 i think like almost the exact same time so i think this year he's like well may as well run that or quicker again so i guess that was like the storyline of or the narrative of 
he's heat, but then to see them in different heats was really weird. So I wonder how, because there's him setting up that, and then there's you, there's Dathan and Andy Powell. So you and all the UW guys with Robbie Andrews setting it up. And yeah, they kind of conflict. So then I wonder how everyone else like got sorted into like I know. Yeah. heat one or heat two. I know how. I think Cooper teardrop saw George and was like, no, no way. He's on my heat. He'll, he'll come up, sneak by me again. I don't want that. I, I'd rather not deal with it. Put him in the other heat. Um, that's what happened. And Geordie still snuck up. It did seem like it was kind of handpicked because all, like, all those OTC guys, the other Nike guys, well, kind of, whatever, were in... Cooper's heat. Yeah. Like, I guess it makes sense though. Those guys. Like, because you guys are like they're kind of setting up that race in a way, and you're mm. setting up that. You can just like choose. You, you yeah. definitely. Yeah, I think. I, don't, I, don't, I, like, I don't think if you pushed, if you really, really pushed to be in Cooper's heat, I'm sure it would have not been a problem. But I, I didn't want. Like, I thought our heat no, just sounded. Good. I think your heat was good. I think their heat was good, and it was like like Morgan said, there's two like different storylines. But it was weird because there were people in heat one that wanted to be in our heat just because it seemed like. Way better organized. Like Lalo was wanted to be in the second yeah. one, but there was no space with the eight U Dub guys, and then also <laughs> Sam Sam Prequel and Sam and Johnny. Didn't, didn't, Sam and Johnny are basically U Dub. Didn't and coached by Andy. Didn't Teardrop also say in these posters interview that he wanted to be in the second heat? Was that is that, is that me making it up? Or? I didn't see that, but oh. maybe we have to. Check he might have said something about the pacing. Yeah, maybe the he was like, I prefer to be in second heat because of the pacing or something. I don't know. I guess you could say that afterwards. Yeah, considering that George ran the fastest time in the meet. So yeah. But um, did you think you had it as well? What the win, like over the first? Oh, it was extremely or, close. No, no, in the race, like, like I'm saying, like with, with your oh, no, I could tell. you could tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he you knew. have that momentum, you he can knew. just, you can just know. I got the timing right this yeah. week. I messed it up at Milrose, not knowing how many laps were left, but got the timing just. just Wait, how do you not know on. how many laps were left in Milrose? Hey, did you miss the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> you missed the whole. I didn't know this. You gotta go back and listen to that one. <laughs> That is that's very uncharacteristically. George. I, that's what we would. That's what missing, I was saying. Missing laps. Dude, it was. Yeah. I thought you were good with numbers. Didn't you do engineering? Yeah. And, and a math minor, dude. But it was in a U, so. Ah, oh, <laughs> it makes it, sense. It all makes sense. But yeah, um, that was a good self burn. I like that. One. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. Like I, I remember watching. I don't know what you're gonna obviously because you'll talk about how you feel in the race. But me watching it, uh, I was fortunate enough to watch it with um, Tom Wang. Um, which was fantastic because we were able to kind of just enjoy it together. And it looked to me exactly, obviously different race, different um, event, exactly like a year ago, Milrose 3K. It looked exactly the same, except you were probably maybe a bit further back in the 3K. But the same way that you kind of like, you, you were kind of slid, like probably at 150 to go, your engine just went like that and you just started going. And it was pretty, uh, pretty impressive to watch because your stride is like hard to... I don't, I, your stride is weird because it doesn't. It looks like you're going quick, but it doesn't look like you're going that quick. Like your legs are pretty just. Your stride is still quite long. It's really interesting to watch because then you watch Prequel. Prequel's like this, like this, um, and you're just like, <laughs> and then you both at the same time um, hit the line. It was uh, pretty, pretty exciting. Did people get uh, get around it? Get, um, get around afterwards. Honestly, like the meet was pretty low key. <laughs> it was one of those ones. One of those it was ones. one of the BU ones where it was like pretty empty like this is just a race happening yeah an amazing race happening nothing, yeah. there was no there's amazing race happening and there's no one there <laughs> like nothing over the loudspeaker yeah um, so did you know yeah I was going to say like because the, the loudspeaker would be easy to tell like oh Beamish won like would the crowd be like no yeah, no, like, wait did nothing. Michael get it or George get it I missed it like it's just like a classic BU thing where it's like barely a race it's guys just, just running fast guys just trying to go run fast and yeah it's one of those races where I feel like I should I would have liked to be able to do that I felt like I had that in me for a while now, um, but for whatever reason, it just didn't happen. Like I only ran one, just ran that one in Dormar last year, and it and it was real shit. So nice to make it happen this year. Nice to put it on the paper. Yeah, what yeah. a um, yeah, makes me feel like three fifty, three forty nine is is there. Like it's doable. Would have loved to. I mean, like once we had the. Once we had the pacing and everything set up, and and just put my put my faith in Robbie and the UW guys, it was kind of just let's try and win it, and then hope that it's three forty nine. And it wasn't, unfortunately. Um, but shit, can't complain too much. Yeah, would have loved to get Willis's record survives another year. Two two three fifty one. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, it. That's I crazy. think I think Willis knows that that record's got one year left because you have yeah. you and, and Tana, and like you guys are only going to improve 
So it's on borrowed time. Also, like I mean, Willis knows you know like super spike short tracks. Like, Willis, <laughs> Willis will go through it once that record breaks. Everybody go to Nick Willis's Twitter and you'll be able to see the explanation as to why it broke. I thought I'm surprised you didn't say that after yeah, my three K. No, he, he did. He did tweet at you about after the race on Twitter. No, I don't have Twitter. He said he said that like he was like I think he was complimenting you though. I think he was saying something about like like you're very close to New Zealand record like. It was like a very, it was a, it was a very comp- unlike Willis. It was very. Well, he doesn't, he doesn't. Uh, I don't think he tweets as much. Like, he doesn't tweet as much that comes to my attention as he once did. Like, yeah, he had a couple earlier on in the season, in the indoor season, then he kind of slowed down. Maybe now he's got a real job. He has to tone it, tone it back. Well, also like his his boys, Mason Furlick and Hobbs Kessler, haven't raced as much. Like I think Hobbs has run a couple of really good races, but they haven't raced as much or been like in that racing scene as much for Willis to because I feel like he gets into that Twitter commenting he does get around his boys when he gets around his boys yeah, nice you, want you, should. you want that you want your you know one of the best middle distance runners ever from New Zealand to just like have your back it's pretty cool so but we'll see we'll see how the season goes on yeah and I I, I really wanted I feel like if, if I just for the pod I just wanted that Oceania record yeah. just no, for I mean, today I think that's the only cool. reason yeah I, that record is very easily, easily just going in right from Tanner from you from you know even like Stewie or like the coffee club uh, coffee club record too yeah. yeah we really we could have had it oh, wow but um, now need? this is my need? question George four by mile <laughs> people are talking about it what are you what are your thoughts that was my application for yeah. the team because we, I'm asking, there's the two. It's not to do a time trial. Because, like, it's, it's pretty pretty the, the pressure is off the Because yeah. yeah. we have, okay, so let's just go through PRs. Well, I, I don't know if we're doing this, though, because I don't think it's happening. We yeah, don't, don't. I just don't think I think it's confirmed not happening. No, I don't think it's happening. If it's not happening, it's not happening, but I want to just talk about how good our miles are in general. Because we have 347 from Yarrod indoors. You have 350. You can say 347 for Ollie. We'll let you do that. Okay, well, I'm going to say... <laughs> two, three, forty-seven. I'm going to say uh, you have two sub-350 miles indoor outdoor. Okay, you, two sub-348, dude. That's so different. And then 347 you, is outrageous. And then you have 351, um, but, like, just chilling for most of the race. And then you have uh, Mario, who's probably going to run. It's probably sub-350 run as well. Yep. If you have that team, um, four by mile, seems like it's it's doable now. That's it, what was we do- it was doable before, dude. That's yeah. the thing. That's what we thought. But the thing is, year. we also have someone like Yard who can literally just solo a 347 probably um, to start it off, so then we can have like 10 second buffer. For the <laughs> average. Nice. Yeah, the That's average is only 357. Yeah, so we have a 10 second buffer straight away. <laughs> Yard like, could do that in his sleep. Yeah. The record holders were all like free. F- yeah, 350, they were. Like 350 they were 349, miles, 350 yeah, miles. So. They were all really good. So it just out. like, from what Ray told me, who's part of the team, he said like, it's just, it has to be like, on the day, everyone has to be on, and has like, everything has to be good, you know, the stars have to align. But, this is giving me PTSD. The thing with Yard, yeah, dude, this the is thing, too much. About it. But this is the thing, this is the new card we have. The thing with Yard is, you could go, Yard, I want you to go run 347, and you just go, okay and then you just go and do it so we have a 10 second buffer so that means me george and mario just got to make sure we run like faster than 357 which i think all right looks like we're doing it It, it's Mm. it's silly just saying it's more doable now than it was last year after running we have more bodies hey you guys are wearing matching shirts did you know that yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah, it's our best it was our my favorite artist bink shout out to bink shout out to bink (laughs) running running 351 makes on my best day makes me the fourth best mile on the team which is, that feels good, and second best on on the podcast. <laughs> it's crazy. It's very impressive. Yeah. Uh, it was a it was a textbook George, but like I haven't had one for a while. I, I thought like I've never seen you kick that hard. Like I always felt like you had kind of like you increased into it, but this time in Boston, like I rewatched the race this morning. It was like 150 to go. Like yeah, you just like one cannons. step to the other step. Like you were moving. Like that was that was such a hard uh, change of pace. Like I've never seen yeah. you. Should have gone. Day. Should have gone fifty meters earlier. Then I would have had it. But yeah. Prequel really crushed that. No, see, that's the thing. Like, like Prequel ran he was, really well. Like, dude, Mr. he made consistent. He is consistent, and he's. Yeah. I think he's going to be a threat. Uh, obviously, it's very early out, but like outdoors, fifteen hundred. I think Prequel's such switch. a good racer. I think he's always in the right spot. Because we we'd always talk about how he's really good at hitting three thirty six. Like he was a three thirty six man, three thirty six, three thirty six. Now you see Prequel, and he's just like developed as an athlete. Uh, running faster but also just tactically like so much more um terrifying so i reckon he's going to be amazing uh for the usa outdoors i love racing with 
He's a really nice guy too. And, and Johnny. he works really hard. Johnny also Him and Johnny. Really yeah. It's just, just good blokes. So fun also, to be around. What's with the ASICS kit? I saw Johnny wearing it. It's like grey. Oh yeah, the it's the same as Fred Curley, but he didn't yeah. he didn't wear the Fred Curley quarter tights. Yeah, the, the, the Fred Curley quarter tights like it looks different because when I saw it on on Johnny, I was like that uniform looks a bit bland, like it's a bit. And it's kind of cool up close, and it's like there's yeah. a bunch of design See, and stuff. I didn't even Japanese. know Mokuteer was wearing ASICS gear. I didn't even know. It looks good on him. Okay, I think if you're a tanned, it looks cooler because it's so white. So yeah. no offense to Johnny, if you're listening, just don't listen to this part. If you have pale skin, but he, he lives in Boston in the winter. I don't yeah. think it looks as good. It's got he no look better in the summer. Maybe the summer. Yeah, 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 come out in the summer. summer. That's when it matters too. So but, yeah, get out, get out of the library. <laughs> you freaking nerd. <laughs> when is Axis going to make him like denim like shorts to race? That would be pretty sweet. To honor his denim denim mile. That would be that'd be sick. Axis get onto that shit. I have to say though, I think I feel like that I probably made a little bit of progress in terms of not, um, not like losing focus That's, halfway through the race. Yeah, so it's probably the best I've ever. I'd say that too. Run in that situation, and someone posted afterwards that every single, every single two hundred meter split was faster than the one before it. So it was a. Really That's so one cool. Down. Isn't that wild? That's yeah. very cool. It's like what we were trying to do in in the IPF like a few weeks no. ago. I literally ran that mile. It's very impressive. It's yeah, perfect. almost PR'd in the eight hundred. I last closed in one fifty three. Damn, pretty almost. My PR is one fifty two, so almost had a crack at that. Yeah, I feel like um, put in my my application to join the mid T mid D team again. Probably I'm back, baby. probably not going to be accepted, but um, good way to end the end well, of the season. Yarrow runs that, so you'd have to put an application. Go through him. Yeah, but no, it was amazing. Uh, we did have a submission for a Sam Prekel nickname. Prickly Prickle. It's a bit of a tongue twister. I was going to do, Prickly. I was going to do Sam Pringles, but... It's, Sam Pringles is actually very good as well. I mean, like, yeah. This is my, this is my thing, man. I always nail it. Uh, Sam Pringles. Uh, but we could do... What was it? Sam Pringles? You could do Prickly. No, that Prickly Pringles. Then, then you're really going to wait. Prickly. Uh, yeah. Sam Pringles, I like. I don't know. Put in the comments, uh, put in the comments yeah. section of this video if you... Have any good ideas or... Yeah, which names. one you prefer out of yeah. those two. Yeah, 100%. Little, little competition in the comments. See, I got one for Giannis too. What is it? But he's vegan, so I feel bad about it a little bit. It's oh, we didn't even say that in the introduction. What are we doing? Oh, wow. oh yeah, by the way, he's the vegan. World record holder. Yeah. Vegan world record holder. Wow. Yeah, vegan world record holder here. We think. Um, as you can, I think it's like Beauty and the Beast a little bit for me and Giannis because like, I'm a bit of a beast when it comes to food and Giannis is a beauty. So, <laughs> But we have that like that relationship that's just lovely. So, mm. you know, it's, you can yeah. see both, least both parties know. can... At least you have to understand. Can yeah, coexist. Nice. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but my name for him was... Uh, oh. My name for Sorry. him was uh, Giannis Reese Pieces. Uh-huh. What is it? Reese Pieces. Reese Pieces. Oh, yeah. Reese pieces. Okay. You know what Reese Pieces are? They're like a peanut butter chocolate thing that they have in the US. Oh, okay. Um, I love, but it's I like chocolate, so it's like milk involved. But you know, you're not I'm gonna find a soy boy one, like one that's like vegan. <laughs> but I like the young vegan. I, I miss know. the soy young boys. Vegan. Yeah. I wonder what they're up to these days. Stress fractures. No, <laughs> sorry, was, sorry, Jonas, that was a joke. <laughs> no. As someone, that's, I'm only allowed to make that joke because I'm injured. You know, I got I got fractures of my own, and I eat a, a lot of meat. Yeah, so, so only you matter. and Jonas can make that joke because Jonas is actually a vegan, and you've got a stress. <laughs> yeah, deal. we're the victims. You're the victims in that situation. situation. Yeah. yeah. Um, nah, I think actually this is such a random aside, but Papa Links, I can't remember his real name. <laughs> Just go with that. Papa Links is Papa Link, I think he's about to do a race. America. I think he's doing race. New York half or something. Really? I think he's doing a big race. Because I follow him on, do I follow him? I think I follow him on Strava, or maybe it's just Instagram and he posts his Strava, but he's been crushing it down in San Diego. And he, he's a soy boy? I, he was no, at one point. Um, oh, he's not anymore? Life. Oh, yeah. God. I think. God. Might have to fact check that one. Yeah. I think, was, the, so, I think the soy boy's disbanded. Cause, yeah, because Harvey, Harvey was a soy boy, but not anymore as well. Harvey's tried everything. Yeah. <laughs> Harvey was also a carnivore diet at one point. He'll try absolutely anything. That's once. a that's a shout out to our friend Harvey Nelson, a member of the Coffee Club Track Club. Is yeah. that what it's called? I forgot its name. Yeah. Coffee Club. He was Track on episode Club. like four. Yeah. Now he's Coffee Club Triathlete Club. Yeah, yeah. Which that's the that's a kind of more of a new <laughs> race team that we got going on. Yeah. But he's uh, he's doing his part for it. So. Yeah, to, I guess to finish that segment, it was a great race and it was very, very good to watch uh, just the way you raced to the way you got after it. And then 
Getting that textbook, George, win is always got to be just the sweetest thing. Mm. So congrats for that. Um, yeah, not much more to say about it, but another successful trip to Boston. Close Boston out the end seems of like a spot, man. Well <laughs> Something about that track. Right? Yeah. You're, just, you're just now realizing that? <laughs> well, I am, but I'm just, yeah, I'm just thinking maybe we should just race everything in, in Boston and then only race outside of Boston if it's World Champs Olympics. <laughs> I I am legitimately so surprised like that the Bowman don't do that. Yeah, do a Eugene but Boston, because like you just look so good and you have fast times. You always qualify for the standard, so then you've always got the standard going into uh, trials. Do well in the trials, then you're well. What's that track doing during the summer? Probably not much. It's probably just sitting there. It's probably just casual oh, I, people I use it. I think the tennis team uses it quite a bit. They do some reps on there. Well, they play on the infield, but <laughs> yeah, I, I, they run around it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, I heard that um, Ons booked it out for Roger Federer to, to tr- test the new track spikes um, around the indoor <laughs> and then have a little tennis session in the infield. So. A little double. Yeah, so if anybody wants to check that out, tickets are available on the Coffee Club podcast <laughs> website um, to see Roger run a 200 meters in the track spike and then play a bit of tennis um, in the new Roger tennis shoes. So check that out. Tickets are only on our link. Uh, they're non-refundable. Uh, <laughs> We're going to get rich. going to get rich. How many meets are there going to be at Eugene? in this um, experience. I don't even want to think about that. To be honest, I actually had a good conversation, this is a side note, um, with Fred Curley. Uh, <laughs> and we were in drug testing together, just hanging out. He also, I have a great story about him from somebody else that I do want to tell you guys on the podcast. So I'll start with that. So Nick Badeau was organizing the meet and he picked up Fred Curley from the airport. And Fred Curley was like sitting in the backseat, you know, acting pretty, pretty cool. And uh, Nick Badeau asked him, he goes, well, uh, Fred Curley, what do, you, what do you want to eat? And then uh, Curley's like, I want something that's different. You know, I want something that's a bit out there, a bit wild. And Nick Badeau just goes, well, we got, we got kangaroo. We got, you know, like cro- crocodile. Like they, you can eat like all those kind of different variations of food. And Fred Curley literally sits in the back of the seat in Sydney. He just goes, I want zebra. <laughs> and like, Bitters has just met him. And it's been 20 minutes in the car ride. He's like, we can't get zebra. Like there's a zebra. There's no zebra meat that exists in Australia. Like Fred was like convinced that he could get zebra meat to eat when he was in Sydney. Now back to the meat and drug testing. I asked him about the Eugene thing, and he just like yeah, like it's just really bad for the sport. He's like fully adamant about like it should be in LA or Florida, which is good for sprinting. That's the sprinter in him talking yeah. right there. <laughs> LA, LA and Florida. But he <laughs> says if you have it at the right time of year and it's in a massive city, like it make track and field so much better. And we talked about this in the pod. He obviously doesn't know about Coffee Club because I asked him about it. Um, what the hell? Damn. But in general, um, Crispy Curly was very, very adamant about Eugene being bad for the sport in the sense of getting access to it. Because he loves he loved Melbourne. He was like, like obviously that doesn't happen every year, but the crowd and everything like that was crazy. It's like how, like it was probably bigger than the trials at the USA. And there shouldn't be. USA should be massive. It should be really hard to get in and get a seat. So... Yeah, he's got I, ideas man that guy's got ideas that guy does have he ideas. has some ideas that's all I'm going to say about it he has ideas but the Twitter. LA meet Florida meet makes sense like put it in a place where people can easily get to the location considering the Olympics uh, is 2028 is in LA, LA so I imagine in America the, that's going to be like Elena. it's going to shift it's going to shift where that's going to be like how's, how's Phil going to feel about that do you think and, sure. and Jerry Shoemaker <clears throat> yeah not happy no yeah. I'm sure they'll find a way to profit off it <laughs> They'll find a way, but uh, what about Ritz? How do you think Ritz will feel about us going to LA a lot? Couldn't tell you. Yeah, actually, we've run a lot of quick times in LA as a team. Yeah. We had have. some good races there, so some good mems. This is uh, pretty good mems. We so. just still stay at Dana Point. We'll stay at Dana Point, and you and I'll be sleeping on the floor. So look forward to that, George. Good times. <laughs> good times. That could be you. This I never forget waking up and then like looking over and just seeing George on the floor, just going like that. It was pretty funny. Yeah, this is a... I don't know if anyone listening is going to get these references. Well, the reference was when George and I ran that race where George beat me um, in... It was like a lead up to the 10K and I was pacing and George and I were racing to try and get that standard. Um, we were staying in an Airbnb. It was actually quite a nice Airbnb. This is when I locked, got locked out with my, without my spikes. Um, but we were sleeping on the floor because there wasn't another bed. But obviously times have changed. We'd we'll probably be sleeping on the couch now. So. High rollers. High rollers. <laughs> Moving up in the world. Moving up in the world, yeah. But, but um, um, yeah, it's one of those experiences that you're just going to look back on a pro and go, remember that, George? Those are the, those are the good those memories. Those are the good old days, you know? Yeah. Yeah. 
back to LA this weekend. Well, I mean, this has been a pretty night. We've had, we've had so much to cover this episode. Uh, Jonas, is there anything else you would like to say while you have this massive platform? I was just wondering during the podcast, like, do you know? Do you have the stats, like, bird, like, audience? Like, where, where the, the drop-off is? is? Like, <laughs> where you have, like, I guess, like, America is definitely, like, most people you have, like, Oh, uh, where listeners? listeners? Yeah. yeah, we have all those stats. Okay. So, Switzerland is not a big market for us. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's going to change uh, after this one, this though. Will, we have a pretty big uh, market in um, in Norway. Norway. <laughs> it's one family in it's particular. It's one family. <laughs> one family in particular. Henrik just re-listens. He just <laughs> listens to it on repeat for a whole just, week. Did you see Jakob's understanding? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I got a clip of that. Do you, do you reckon, because Chris Chavez, Chicky Chavez, sent that to me as well. Do you reckon like he actually got that from us or is he saying that just because it's like easy? I don't think he would have been able to come up with that. I think, it, but I think at this point, I don't, I still do don't know if we, to, yeah. I still don't know if we like invented it or like, I think it's just common it's just like a f- common phrase now that people I say. I think we popularized it. Yeah. I do think mm-hmm. we popularized it. I mean, people might say, no, you didn't, but I'm 100% convinced that we did. Because like, if someone says like, yeah, this is good for the sport, I think at this point, it's just like part of the, like the lexicon of talking about like yeah. specifically track and field. Effect. Like it's just something that people say about it now or they say bad for the sport or not good for the sport. It's just like, it's, it's just influencing the culture, you know? So it's just like the norm now. It's just how people describe things. And uh, yeah, I think we were a big part of that. So pat on the back. But to answer your question, Jonas, we are definitely biggest in America. And then I think second biggest in Australia. And then New Zealand. New Zealand is there, but New Zealand, unfortunately, we have a lot of sheep that listen to it there, but there's just not enough people to, not to enough really response. boost those yes. numbers. Because there's sheep who only listen to it for a couple of months and then they disappear. We don't know where they go. Um, but, in, but in general, now that we have Jonas Reese Pieces on the pod, um, we're gonna have a great surge of, of Swiss listeners. Yeah, uh, come on, tapping you're, in. You're representing a Swiss brand, so yeah, guess good take it's time over. now to get like also the Swiss. Yeah. It's time. It's time. But uh, yeah, well, if that's it, if you got nothing else, then no, thanks a lot. Appreciate thank it. you very much for coming on the show, and good luck for the big race this weekend. Uh, we're gonna be very sad because Jonas is leaving us as well after yeah. this race until he comes back for the next training trip. So. Um, I guess we'll see you when you see you best of luck in the race and have a good time over in Europe thank you very much everyone for listening this has been episode 75 of the Cover Club Podcast we'll see you guys next week